in our uh, journey through the book of 1 Timothy. That's uh, the, la- the next to the last uh, Sunday that we're going to be here. So uh, next Sunday uh, we conclude our journey in uh, this uh, letter. We started the first week of February. Penny, can you believe that? So we've been here already into June now. So uh, next Sunday we will be finishing and concluding our study of First Timothy. Uh, last week, Pastor Jason Ritchie was here from uh, East Jordan. He's the, uh, he is the campus pastor over at East Jordan. I think he gave you a little report. Um, we are one church in two locations now. It's, it's good, it's important, it's healthy for us to stay connected in both locations. So we will from time to time be uh, exchanging places. So I appreciate him coming over here and uh, doing that last Sunday and being with you. We are in 1 Timothy chapter 6 today where the Apostle Paul gives the final charge to Timothy. It's kind of like this is the, the last get him and uh, the last sick him, if you will, Timothy. There were a lot of problems in the church at Ephesus, and this book is uh, Paul's challenge to Timothy, who he has sent to the church at Ephesus, to get things back on track. If you have your Bibles, I want you to look back again. Uh, Pastor Jason covered verses 3 to 10 last week, and it was talking there about false teachers. Specifically, slide down to verse 5, and this is kind of the key verse there. Uh, Verse 5 says that godliness is a means of financial gain. The false teachers were teaching that their godly position in the church should be a means for them getting rich. They thought that they should be able to, uh, through their teaching, uh, get people off track enough that they would fill the false teachers' bank accounts and and they would be wealthy. Uh, Godliness as a means of financial gain. Now, why is that important? because now look at verse 11. That's where we're going to pick up today. But but you, man of God, Timothy, you need to run away from all of that kind of thinking, that kind of I'm going to get wealthy from the church body. I'm going to fleece them, and I'm going to suck as much money and prosperity as I can out of the church. That was the thinking back then. And can I say something? Is still happening today. There are still preachers and teachers and TV evangelists in their mind. This uh, Jesus stuff, this this teaching opportunity they have, is an opportunity to drain and suck hundreds of millions of dollars from fellow followers of Jesus. And I could give you example after example. I, I, I believe that. Jason actually gave you some numbers, some, some pretty good estimates on some of these folks, and, and that's exactly where they're at. And, and now he says, verse 11, look at it, you need to run away from that kind of teaching. you got nothing to do with that. Run and turn away, and that's where we pick up today with verse 11. We're going to read down through verse 16, 1 Timothy chapter 6. Guess what we're going to do right now? Let's stand. 
Let's read out loud God's word from 1 Timothy. Verse 11, you ready? Here we go. Let's, let's uh, declare God's word together. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thanks for your word. Thank you for instructions to Timothy. Thank you, Lord, that these instructions are still alive and active and make a difference in our life today. So, Lord, help us to pay attention. Help us to hear and understand exactly what it is you were saying to Timothy. And, uh, Lord, I'm praying that you'll help us now to know how this applies to our lives right here today in 2013. Lord, I believe there's clear instructions here for us as followers of your son Jesus. And Lord, I'm asking that we wouldn't just be hearers of your word. Lord, give us the passion, the energy, the courage, the faith to step out and put your word to work in our life starting even today. I want to pause for a moment because, Lord, I, I know that some are here and as they stand before you and your church, they're hurting and they're weary and they're worn out. Lord, some are standing and uh, they're dealing with sickness in themselves or a loved one. Lord, some are here and they're struggling in significant relationships in their life. Some are discouraged and depressed and losing hope. Lord, some are under attack and the fiery darts of the enemy are intense and don't seem to be letting up. Lord, you know exactly where each person is today and I'm asking that you might renew their strength. Lord, uh, shower down and rain on them streams of living water. Lord, bring hope and peace and holy confidence that you know what you're doing, that you do have a plan and a purpose even when we don't understand. Even when we don't like it and we don't get it, Lord, we want you to know we trust you. So bring joy, that holy hope and holy confidence that you're on the throne and you know exactly what you're doing. Right now, Lord, we uh, want to invite the third person of the Trinity, Jesus in spirit form, to come and be welcomed in your church. And Lord, more specifically, we ask that... Uh, your spirit might be welcomed in each and every one of your kids' lives. So uh, you come and take charge. Lord, help us to hear clearly from you. And all the church gathered at Walloon Lake said with joy. You may be seated.
Verse 11. You ready? Might as well start off a little controversial, don't you think? Might as well just go for it, eh? Uh, But you, man of God, but you, woman of God, look at verse 11. This This is to all of us. Flee from all this. What are we supposed to be fleeing from? What are we supposed to turn and run from? And the answer is verses 3 to 10. (laughs) Flee and turn and run from false teachers. All of these goofy false teachers talking prosperity, talking wealth and health, talking stuff that doesn't line up with God's word, you need to turn and run and flee from them. Timothy, church at Walloon, And uh, the truth is, a lot of us, instead of fleeing and running from the false teachers, we're we're taping them, and we're DVRing them, and we're listening to them, and we're feasting on them. And and you just need to know enough. You, You don't put that stuff in your head anymore. You don't listen to that. Turn and run from the false teachers. Which means you need to learn to discern who are the false teachers and I'm not going to let them affect my mind anymore. You need to run from the Creflo Dollars. You need to run from the Joel Osteens. But, but he's so friendly and happy. It's a prosperity gospel. Run from the Kenneth Copelands and the Benny Hymns and the Paul Crouches. That's the TBN guy the Paula Whites, the John Beveres, oh yeah, and run from that, that down-home, you know, that, that guy on early morning television, he's from Gravit, Arkansas, and man, does he seem, he's just a down-home friendly guy, doesn't he? That Arnold Murray, you know who I'm talking about? False teacher. False, he, there's a bunch of Mormonism wrapped up in his teaching, and there's just a bunch of goofiness. It's just, he doesn't believe in the Trinity. I could go in for a while. Run away. But see, the problem is, some of us, and we're followers of Jesus, we're allowing the false teachers to infiltrate our minds and our hearts, which will come out in our behavior. Verse 11, look at it, strong. Timothy, run away from the false teachers. That's garbage. You have nothing to do with that. So why are you naming names, Pastor Jeff? Because Paul names names. 1 Timothy 1.20, look at it. He's naming names. 2 Timothy 2.17, the Apostle Paul names names again. Now, Paul could have just said, run from false teachers, but I think he knew that a lot of the folks in the church at Ephesus wouldn't know who he's talking about. They just wouldn't get it. They, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to correlate, run from false teachers. So he names names. These people don't listen to. Turn and run away from them. And the truth is, a lot of these people that I just talked about, they're pretty interesting speakers. They're pretty slick. And, and I want you to know they're sneaky and they're crafty. And oh, by the way, most of them that I just they kind of like control TV airwaves. They're the ones, they're the easiest to get to, and they're the ones that many of us, if we're, if we're not paying attention, 
were feasting on their false teaching. So, if I named you eight that you need to run from, let me give you eight that are positive and biblical, and they're on TV, and, and I would say, okay, here's eight for you to, to feast on, okay? You ready? Here's eight that I would say, these are, these are the good guys. And what I mean by good, their teaching lines up with God's Word. They're not full of, of trying to put money in their pockets. They're, they're not full of foolish stupidity. Pardon my French. Okay, here we go. Uh, number one, Charles Stanley. Number two, David Jeremiah. Number three, Chip Ingram. Number four, Andy Stanley. Number five, Beth Moore. Number six, John MacArthur. Number seven, you guys, some of you are going to like this one. You ready? This is a good guy. He's one of my heroes, Billy Graham. Uh, and number eight, Tony Evans, Urban Alternative down in Dallas. Uh, again, I just want you to know there are folks out there and they're teaching a different gospel. But some of this stuff is truth. Absolutely. Satan appears in a, as an angel of what? Light, yeah. And he's going to give you about 90 or 95 or 97% truth. It, it's that poison, it's that, that false teaching they mix in with their truth that's so dangerous. And for many of us, we, we don't pick up on that. And, and frankly, you kind of got to do your homework and dig in to understand where exactly are they coming from? Oh, and you mean that guy's worth like... 50 million, and where did he get that 50 million? Off the back of the church? It's all about wealth and health and prosperity, and most of it is in their wallets. It's, it's just false teaching, y'all. Okay? Back to verse 11. Here we go. But you, man, woman of God, run away from these false teachers. Well, where, what do I do instead? He says, run towards, verse 11, righteousness godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Six godly qualities. You run away from the garbage, the foolishness of the false teachers, and you run towards these six qualities. First three are vertical in nature. Look at it. It's, it's righteousness, godliness, faith. That's our relationship with the Lord. And the next three... Love, endurance, and gentleness, those are horizontal. Those are in relationship to other people. Okay? Okay, first one, number one quality, run towards, run after righteousness. Righteousness. What's righteousness? Anybody know? It's, it's to be in a right relationship with Jesus. Think about it. A right relation, maintain a right daily relationship with Jesus Christ. And just like we did before we started communion, and when you fall down, what do you do? You just lay there? Kenny, do you just lay there in the, in the dirt for a week, a month, a year? No. What do you do when you, when you fall down and you sin? What do you do? You do the U-turn, you stand up, and you run to the cross, and you confess. And you get clean and back in right relationship with Christ. Okay? And, and I'm telling you, if you do that one well, the other ones will take care of themselves, Henry. The right relationship with Christ, that's the focus. That's why it starts with righteousness. Secondly, run towards, run after, what's the second one there? Okay, about four of you following along with me, okay? It, it's, it's in verse 11, okay? Flee from the false teaching, run after righteousness and? Hey, thank you. Play along with Pastor Jeff, okay? That's what we're doing right now. 
Godliness um, is maintaining proper spiritual health. We live in a day and an age where everybody wants to have proper diet and proper exercise and taking care of your body, right? So we're all going to, David, right, we're going to do that. We're going we're to eat well and we're going to exercise regularly. And I want to remind you, go back to chapter 4 of 1 Timothy in verse 8. He's already addressed this. Let's look at it again. For physical training is of some value. It's good. Eat right. Exercise. But godliness has value for all things. But godliness is like way better, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. I'll say that again. Godliness is maintaining proper spiritual health. And we're all concerned about physical health. That's good. Even more important, priority, maintain proper spiritual health. Okay, flee from the false teachers. Now I want you to run after righteousness and godliness. And the third one, verse 11, run after, what is it? Okay. Faith is leaning, depending, trusting, believing in Jesus Christ and his promises. Hebrews 11.6 is a verse that some of you might know. It says it's hard to please God without faith. Is that what Hebrews 11.6 says? It's, it's really hard to please God without faith. What, what is it, Jim? It's impossible to please God without... It's not hard. You just can't... If you're not leaning, depending, trusting, relying, believing, you can't, you're not pleasing God. That's what pleases God, Hebrews 11.6. Run towards, run after vertical relationship with, with God Almighty. Run after righteousness, godliness, and faith. And now he's about to go horizontal. Look at verse 11. Here's the first one. Run after, you know this word, don't you? It's uh, 200 times in the New Testament. What is it? What's the fourth one? It's what? That's agape. 200 times in God's word. Commanded, presented, love. Love, love one another. Love the Lord your God. 1 Corinthians 16, 14, do everything in love. Robert, ready for a good question? This is for me too, okay? Am I acting in love right now or am I looking out for Jeff and Robert right now? Think about it. And, and when, you're, when you're walking through life, to just stop and start asking yourself, am I looking out for Robert or am I looking out for other people first and foremost? And I'm just telling you, Robert, the natural is what? I'm looking out for me. I'm taking care of me. Because if I don't take care of me, what, what's, what's, how does it end? No one else is going to. Yeah. And, and I'm telling you, agape is, no, I'm looking out for you. Now, here's what Jesus said in John chapter 13. They'll know we are Christians cash by our good, strong doctrinal statement. Is that what it says? They'll know we're Christians because I put a 20 in the offering plate a few minutes ago, right? That's how they'll know I'm a Christian. No, they'll know I'm a Christian because I go to church most Sundays, right? Is that how they'll know we're Christians? They'll know we're Christians how? By our what? By our love. By our agape. Can I just tell you something? Most people 
could care less about your doctrinal stand. They, they could give a rip about the fact that you put a 20 in the offering plate. They don't even care that you're in church this morning. Don't care. Who cares? Guess what will affect them? It's the love of Jesus. That's going to make the difference. And that's why that's the first of the horizontal. So I'm going to run after love. Uh, number five, verse 11, I'm going to run after endurance. Refusing to quit. Refusing to throw in the towel even when circumstances are really, really hard. It's by God's grace. I'm going to hang in there and I'm not going to quit. Suppose in 22 years I've ever been tempted to quit. <laughs> I've had enough being the pastor here at Walloon Lake. <laughs> Anybody? You suppose anytime things didn't go well and things were going poorly and there was opposition and there was trouble, you suppose that there was any time you're saying, I think, I think I've had enough. I'm just telling you, by God's grace, by God's grace, I'm not quitting. I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm not going to throw in the towel. Here's what uh, Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. If we do not give up. Now, that's the problem, is sometimes we're tempted to what? Run after. Let's go over them right now. Righteousness, godliness, faith. That's my relationship with, with the Lord. Run after love, endurance, and the last one is what? Endurance is hanging in there through difficult circumstances. Gentleness is hanging in there with difficult people. Anybody got a difficult person in your life? <laughs> Anybody got a testy or two? Can I see your hands besides me? Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think we all, probably, if we're honest have a person or two that makes us crazy and hits all of our buttons. Here's what Jesus says, Matthew chapter 5, 43, 44. You've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's easy to do, right? Right, David? Love your neighbor, the one who's nice to you, and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. So, uh, how do I hang in there with difficult people? Lord, by your grace, help me to start showing love to that person who makes me crazy. Help me to start praying for that person who's making my life miserable right now. That's really where the test is, right? It's easy to love people who are loving to you, right, Henry? People who are nice to you, it's easy. Just be nice back. The challenge where Jesus shines bright is when I'm dealing with someone who's not nice, who is my enemy, who's making me crazy, and now to show them love and to pray for them, that's the test. And I would argue, Cash, it's not just praying for them, it's praying for me. Lord, give me wisdom and grace that I can deal with this person in your power. Back to verse 11. Run from false teachers and their garbage run towards righteousness, godliness, faith, run towards love, endurance, gentleness. Verse 12, fight the good fight of the faith. Anybody feel beat up today? 
Anybody feeling like you've been at war recently? Um, the truth is, as followers of Jesus, this is war. This is a battle. It's a daily war. As a follower of Christ, I've got to be ready for battle. Ephesians 6.11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, lies. Put on Jesus. I would argue the armor of God is putting on Jesus and his presence and his power. That's how we fight the good fight. Then look what he says, verse 12. Go back to it. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. So what's eternal life? Think with me a minute. What's eternal life, Dean? That's like heaven, right? Eternal life. That's when I'll be floating in the cloud playing the harp, right? And, and that's for all, ever and ever, amen, right? Um, here's what Jesus says eternal life is, John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God, God the Father, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. So what's eternal life, according to Jesus? Track with me. It's having a personal relationship with God the Father, and God the Son. That's eternal life. And think with me, and that begins when you say yes by faith to Jesus as your Savior and Lord. The moment you say yes, I believe, I do, and you walk across the bridge of the cross, you receive eternal life. So eternal life is now, present tense, and it's future. It's forever and ever. Are you tracking with me? So eternal life is something you enjoy today, and then you'll enjoy for all of eternity. So now, go back with me just for a moment, because this is kind of interesting. Look again at verse 12. Paul has just said, Fight the good fight of the faith, Timothy. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Jim, what doesn't make sense, Timothy had been given eternal life 20, 30 years earlier. So he already had eternal life. He's been a Christian at least 20 years, maybe 30 years at this point. So why is he urging Timothy to take hold of something that he's already been given? He's already got it. It's already his. So why is he saying take hold of it? Let me answer with our dog, Gabby. Is that okay? The Ellis family dog is a miniature Pomeranian. Her name is Gabby. And uh, little Miss Gabby is, we think, 12 or 13 years old, which in doggy years, she's an 80 or a 90-year-old little 8-pound uh, dog. Um, and she's pretty sure in her mind she's 75 pounds of German Shepherd, but we don't tell her any different, okay? Um, Here's the truth, and I'm really sorry for those of you who are dog lovers. I personally have just kind of gotten a routine. She's the dog. Yes, she's been around for a long time. You feed, water, bathroom. But frankly, she's mostly annoying, and you got to clean up after her, and you got to, you know, and, and mostly I just kind of, you know, don't think about Gabby much, you know. Okay, I got to feed her. I gotta, you do your stuff. But, but you pretty much just kind of go through the routine um, and uh, take her for granted. Tuesday night, 
Um, I'm in another room, and I hear Denise, and she yells for Jeff, and she's yelling in the tone that you know something good is not happening. You understand what I'm saying, Rob? You know, you, you get that tone, and you say, I better move. So I'm running towards where Denise is, and the dog's down. Dog's down. Uh, something's going on. Uh, doesn't look like she's breathing. Um, bad stuff's coming out her mouth. Um, I thought she had swallowed something. That's really what I thought. So uh, not going to do mouth to mouth, so I'm trying to do doggy Heimlich, you know, and, and, and pretty soon she snaps out, and she's good, and she's back to, to Gabby. Great, good. Clean up the yuck, and here we go. Um, anyway, she's fine. Next day, Denise calls me. I'm in a meeting, and she said, uh, Gabby had another problem, another episode, just like last night. So we take Gabby to the vet. Um, anyway, gives us medicine for seizures. I didn't know, but she had all the classic signs for a seizure. I thought she was choking, but, you know, hey, what, what do I know? Um, anyway, now we've got medicine. We give morning and night, and it seems no seizures, no episodes since. So it seems like Gabby's going to get this medicine for the rest of her days. Um, been taking her for granted. But you know what's interesting? You think she's gotten any extra attention these last five days? It's like amazing, you know? I found myself picking her, and I'm sitting down on the couch, and, and, and hi, Gab, and, and, you know, feeding her treats, and, and it's like, hey, I got a new dog, you know? And she got a haircut and a bath, and she smells good and looking good. It's like we got the wake-up call on Gabby, you know? Hey, you got a dog. Enjoy her. Go back to verse 12. That's exactly Paul's point to Timothy. Christian, take hold of your eternal life. <laughs> You've got eternal life in Jesus Christ. And many of you, you've had this eternal life for decades, and you're just kind of walking around and, and just taking it for granted. And he's saying, listen, wake up, seize your eternal life. That's really what it means in the Greek. Seize it, take hold of it, and start enjoying it. and Live it out to the max. Embrace it. Live eternal life in Jesus Christ for all it's worth. That's the point he's making. And we're just walking around, uh, kind of like how, I, how I'm treating the dog. No, no, no. This is amazing. This is the best thing you've ever been given, eternal life. Ride it, one writer said. Ride it and make the most of it for the rest of your days. And uh, why should we flee and run after that stuff? Verse 13, here we go. We're almost done. In the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you, keep this command without spot or blame till the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God the blessed and only ruler, King of kings, Lord of lords, he alone is immortal, he lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be honor and might forever. Why should I flee false teaching? Why should we run after godly virtues? Why should we fight the good war against the enemy? Why should I grab a hold and seize eternal life? Just look what he says. First, verse 13. Because this God of the Bible gives us everything. Everything in life 
has been given to us by our God. He's the giver and the sustainer of everything in the universe. Second, verse 13, because of the example of Jesus. And he's talking about when Jesus boldly testified before Pontius Pilate. John 18, 33 through 34, Pilate says, Are you this king? And Jesus says what? Yep, it is as you say. I am the king. That's the bold confession that Jesus makes. And, and that makes us want to run and fight and seize. Thirdly, we pursue and fight and flee and grab a hold of. Verse 14, why? Jim, think about it. This was Pastor Ward's big deal because Jesus is coming back, and probably soon, okay? And, and, and when he comes back, you want to be ready. Henry, did you ever like to jump on the bed where you would, you know, jump on the bed, you know? I, I was always a, a jump on the bed, but Mom didn't think that was really, really a good thing to do. Um, so whenever Mom would step out for a few moments, guess what I would do? You know, three little monkeys jump. Anyway, um, but when Mom came in and we were jumping on the bed, that wasn't happy. Um, here's the point. Jesus is coming back. When, when he returns, be doing the things he's asked us to do and run from the things he's asked us to run from. And finally, verses 15 and 16, flee and pursue and fight and grab hold because our God is awesome. You want to say that with me? It's kind of fun. Our God is what? He's awesome. He, he's amazing. Go ahead. He's awesome and he's, he's great and he's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. And here, here's, here's the point. Tim, you've been asked to do some really hard things. Timothy, you're in some painful situations right now. And, and I know it's stressful and you're lonely and you're having to fight and you're having to go up against some people and they're not happy with you. Just know this. Your God is awesome, and he's going to get you through what you're going through. And, and Christian today, I know some of you right now, you're going through some things, and they're really hard, and it's painful. And the circumstances, man, is this ever going to end? And this person is driving me nuts. Here's what you need to know. Are you ready? Our God is the same God who saw Paul through, who saw Timothy through, and you want to know something? Verlin, he's going to see us through. Bruce, he's going to see you through whatever you're facing right now. And he's awesome, and he's amazing, and he's the king of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. Hold on to it. Hold tight. Bow your heads. Lord, thank you for being awesome and amazing and immortal and all-knowing and all-powerful. And, Lord, we're grateful that uh, you're greater than anything we're ever going to face. I want to pray for my friends right now who uh, are struggling. I want to pray for those who are hurting, and maybe some of them are even thinking about quitting. And I'm asking, Lord, that uh, you would work powerfully in their lives, even right now. Give them hope. Give them encouragement. Lord, some are uh, feasting on lies of false teachers, some of them have been taking this eternal life you've given them for granted and it's feeling kind of stale and lukewarm. Lord, may your grace and mercy rain down on each, even right now. Refuel and recharge us, Lord, through the power of your word and the power of your spirit. 
And now, Lord, as the ushers come down, we receive the benevolent offering.